Hello, and thank you for joining. My name is Michael Cups, and you're on AOTV Live, uh, sponsored by ActiveOps. Welcome. We're very excited about our topic today. We're going to cover the Foundation of Effective Employee Productivity Monitoring, or EPM, to make it simple throughout our conversation. We're going to cover this discussion because it's important about what's happened over the past 18 months and, and, and even before that with remote work. Companies are looking for new ways of measuring both work and people in time, making it effective to, regardless of where the employee works to be productive as well as have a focus on well-being. So EPM has evolved. Analysts now cover it. Gartner and Forrester uh, cover it as a space. So it's come into the mainstream, and it's in, in some cases it's been very positive. In some cases it's been seen very uh, not so positive. So today we're going to dis discuss that, demystify that a bit, because EPM used in the wrong way can demotivate employees. Used in the productive way, it can actually lift both teams and employees to a new, new heights in their, in their job and their performance and the opportunity that it presents them. So I'm excited today we're going to have two guests, Santosh Joy and Elliot Ternan from ActiveOps. Both of them recently contributed to a playbook called The Performance Monitoring That Builds Employee Well-Being. And we'll make that, um, we'll tell you where that playbook is in just a moment so you can, you can download that to, and read at your leisure. Uh, the, they actually contributed to this playbook and we're going to discuss the foundations of an EPM with them throughout this. Uh, so before I get to Santosh and Elliot, I just want to say, please ask questions. If you're on LinkedIn Live or YouTube Live, you can go ahead and put in a question into the chat. Following the discussion, we are going to uh, have a Q&A session with both Elliot and Santosh as well. So please do get your questions in. We'll try to get to those right after the presentation. So without further delay, let me welcome in Santosh from the US and Elliot from the UK. So good morning, Santosh, and good afternoon, Elliot. Maybe we can start with a quick, uh, short introduction for both of you. Uh, Elliot, why don't you give us a start there? Yeah, hi. Uh, well, thanks for having us on, uh, Michael. Good, good to speak to you. Uh, so I head up um, uh, pre-sales for, for ActiveOps. Um, I've been involved in um, operations management for, for most of uh, my career, um, spanning engineering and insurance and, and back office and, and, and that sort of thing. And I've been with ActiveOps for the last um, eight years. Excellent. Welcome. And Santosh, good morning. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone from wherever they're logging in. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic to be on AOTV Live again. Um, my name is Santosh and um, I've been with ActiveOps for the last for the last 11 years. Um, in my current role, I head operations. Um, you know, my team ensures we deliver the goodness that ActiveOps brings to our customers. Excellent. Well, welcome to both of you. Looking forward to the conversation. Um, let's start by just laying out the three foundations of effective NPM that, that are highlighted in this playbook. Uh, number one was looking through the lens of employee wellness. Number two is captured data at the aggregate and individual level. And number three was support changes with hands-on coaching. All three very important foundations. So what I thought we'd do today is just take each of those one by one and get comments from both of you uh, to, to kind of help our audience understand the, the, the critical nature of them. So why don't we start with the first one, looking through the lens of employee wellness. And Santosh, I thought I'd ask you the first question because, frankly, EPM is misunderstood. Uh, the concept of measuring and monitoring sometimes gets misunderstood. So how about we start with you kind of helping demystify uh, the concept first? A great start, Michael, and it's important we clear the air at the start. If EPM brings thoughts such as tracking keystrokes, mouse clicks, recording screens, and transferring huge amounts of data, then that is typical of monitoring, more like surveillance the employee is put under. That thinking is woefully outdated and is a draconian attempt to micromanage time. It is impractical 
It's inefficient and it adds to the stress we're already working under. It makes a bad problem worse. Ethical EPM, on the other hand, puts the employee in center stage. It's employee productivity monitoring. So ethical EPM is done with and for the employee. It's in fact empowering. EPM done the right way promotes well-being, autonomy, and a sense of being in control. It transforms employee behaviors into a measurable source of information that puts you in control. And I think another key component of ethical EPM is coaching and certification. So in a nutshell, the employee was and is in the center of every successful EPM, EPM implementation in ActiveOps. Excellent. Good. Good. Thank you for that, for demystifying that. And I think we're going to get to the coaching piece a little bit later. So I look forward to that. Elliot, I, I understand that you, you've obviously helped a lot of customers with EPM deployments and, and, and the methodology around that. But I understand you use it for your own best practice in managing your teams, particularly around well-being. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, you know, we, we walk the walk with, uh, with, with ActiveOps and uh, not only do I see my my team's data uh, using EPM, I see my own data as well. So, um, you know, I, I I find it really really useful for me to see you know what the length of my working day is, uh, whether or not I'm taking breaks uh, throughout the day, uh, and it, it, I see it as my data. So it helps me understand that if I've you know burnt the hours as, as you you often do, particularly in this this hybrid environment. It's really important to get that balance back in there. So, sitting is the new smoking, um, and really we want to make sure that we're getting up, taking breaks, etc. Uh, the other thing for me, you know, looking from my team's perspective, um, I've got a, a team that's operating around, um, you know, around the globe. Uh, I've got a guy that's in Prague. Uh, we've got a team member in um, South Africa, uh, in Chicago, um, down in Australia. You're trying to. Um, ensure that everybody is, you know, making sure that they, they don't sort of spend too much time working, particularly in this hybrid environment where there's a the temptation to do it, as well as being remote from everybody as we are in that role. It really does make a make a difference. So we use it, I use it, I see it as my data, and it, it's, it's really important for me to to keep a track on, you know, how much time has been spent and whether people are, you know, building the right habits and, and getting uh, downtime when they need it. Excellent. Excellent. So so that's kind of covering the lens on the wellness and employee perspective. Why don't we move on to the second uh, foundation, which is capture data at the aggregate and individual level. Elliot, let's let's stay with you. Uh, you know, let's pick up this foundation, too. As, as you mentioned to me over, over time, this type of data collection is actually the basis of becoming active managers. And you just stated kind of in your statement there that you use it for not only you, but your, for your team. And, and that kind of leads to the point of active management, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're called active ops for a, for a, for a good reason, because we believe in, as a, as a manager, being active. So having data is, is, is crucial um, for that. But if you didn't do anything with that data, then you're really not going to um, you know, have an effect. So data with context um, and where you get to context is that, you know, you might look at um, how much working time somebody's got that tells you part of the picture. But also, what are we producing within that time helps us to have conversations with, with our team. But moreover, you know, to identify where we see good performance or where somebody might be struggling. And the active part of that is then doing something about it. So having the data is wonderful, 
but unless you've got um, the ability to interpret it in the right way and then to take action to improve, you won't get you know, the positive results that we know you can get uh, from using those types of tools. And I think we, when we come talk about the, the, the coaching a bit later on, um, one of the key things that we're really, really keen that people do is not just uh, have the data and have the tools, but you know, put the cadence, put the method, put the thought processes around what we're, we're, we're using that data for, uh, to drive um, you know, a better working environment for, for everybody and a more productive working environment and you know, an environment where we take stress out of the workplace, which is one of the core things that we're trying to achieve. Excellent. Yeah, very good. Very good. And Santosh, I know that you work with customers in the hundreds and thousands of employees that this gets deployed on, but it sounds incredibly hard to get real-time data from all of those individuals aggregated at the at the top level and to the individual level. So maybe you could walk us through a, maybe a customer's perspective or your perspective in how to address that challenge. Um, it, it, that, that's a great that's a great question, uh, Michael. Uh, and you know, uh, I, I'll start with saying this: more data isn't always better, unless unless one knows how to collect it, um, serve it, and importantly, use it. In fact, customers who've implemented the ActiveOps EPM solution are utterly surprised at the simplicity of our approach to data, which are basically answers to three questions. What data do managers and employees need on a regular basis to perform their roles? Is that available real time? And does it provide actionable insights that enables decision making? Three simple questions. Now, a large regional bank um, implemented ethical EPM across the estate, and they did this pre-pandemic. We are talking a lot of desktops here. And they were, they were seamlessly able to manage a 30% increase in work volumes and reduce inventory during the pandemic. Now, they achieved this by using data from multiple systems to first identify and then train what we would call spare capacity so they could create interdepartmental flexibility. But by using data effectively, they were then able to increase productivity in a remote world and effectively handle volume fluctuations. Now, this is a great example of, of something within the banking space. In, in another example, um, a financial institution used EPM to actually improve work hours by 20%. Now, here we are talking thousands of desktops and laptops. Now, the focus of this implementation was purely to ensure employees were maintaining a work-life balance. So we're talking not working long hours, not logging in during weekends, and more importantly, that they were taking their breaks on time. Now, EPM applied correctly with the simplest of data, keeping well-being in mind, helped this organization improve the lives. We're talking more than 15,000 staff members. So simple aggregate, simple individual data at an aggregated level in real time is, is the answer. Excellent. That's great. And it's good to hear those examples of actually proving it that, that not only the data is there, but it can be used in the right way. So let's move on to foundation number three. Uh, support changes with hands-on coaching is the foundation number three. So why don't we stay with you, Santosh, on this topic? Uh, it seems, you know, the pandemic started and there's more and more tools monitoring. So there's a lot of tools flooding the market and there's a lot of choices that companies can make about what tools they use. But rarely is technology alone the answer, right? It usually has to accompany something else to, to train uh, a new way of working. So, I, I mean, why is coaching specifically important with the monitoring tools? And Michael, it's true. There are lots of EPM applications in the market. 
But the key, the key question I ask senior leaders is how many of these are purpose-built for operation leaders by operation leaders? You see, real insight and a return on investment in EPM comes from layering decades of operational experience with real-time data about employee performance and well-being. Technology itself is good, but is good enough these days? I mean, we are talking um, good to great journeys here, and that is achieved by supporting technology with coaching. This builds capability. Now, take it a step further and get your champions certified and you got your return on investment in mastery. Boom, that's your mantra for success. Coaching provides, I think it provides context to the one consuming the data or using the data. And more importantly, coaching from an experienced partner eases the change, the, the change journey. It makes it feel helpful, supportive, and empowering rather than stifling and restrictive. So coaching with technology is important. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, Santosh. And Elliot, you had mentioned this earlier about active management, and, and I know you work with plenty of customers. Uh, so maybe you could uh, share with us some some examples of how managers also improve uh, the overall well-being of not only themselves but their teams. Yeah, I'll um, I'll use a very very personal uh, example there. Um, one thing I didn't mention at, at the start is I I used to be a, a, a client of ActiveOps, and um, what. Through the switch for me, you know, the, the light bulb uh, moment uh, was the, the change that I saw in um, managers that uh, were working in our organization. So if you imagine anyone in operations um, is worrying about service, they're worrying about, um, you know, staff uh, performance, you, you, you've got a, a ton of worries. Uh, and there's a, a, a tendency to sort of try and bring all that worry into into the centre and, and manage for managers, if, if you see what I mean. But with the the, the coaching uh, that we were were getting for our managers through uh, for Active Ops, the real difference we saw was managers thinking ahead, using data, collaborating with each other, and then coming in and not telling you you know the the problems they're having. They would mention the problems, but they'd also tell you the resolution that they've already thought about and agreed because they were thinking about it ahead of time and they knew where their colleague was and and when something happens they knew where they could go to uh, to, to get help and what empowered all that was one having um, good data to to inform them and two was having that that process around the use of that data and, and the coaching that you know was supporting them to, to get there and the other thing I'd say is that uh, you know, coaching doesn't end with with a program uh, from from a vendor such as ourselves working with with a company. Using that data well actually turns your managers into coaches of their their team members because then they are looking for those opportunities to help people improve. And I, I used the term active before. We we firmly see that the role of the uh, the manager and the the team leader as being the, the coach of the team to provide the opportunity for the team to perform. So if we're seeing um, you know, low productivity or, or low output in a team, the key questions we, we, we encourage people to ask is that, has that team member had the opportunity to perform? Have they got the right amount of work uh, provided to them? Have they got the, uh, the training uh, that they need and the skills that they need to do the job? And that's where the, the, the coaching that we um, apply focuses on 
is building that skill of that um, operations manager and team leader uh, to build that capability within their teams. Yeah, that's interesting. Years ago, I had a manager that, that uh, asked me the question, how, how did you do today and not what did you do today? And he was, he was very particular about the answer, not being what, but how. So it kind yeah, of brings exactly. that into focus there. Very good. Very good. Well, um, if you guys are ready, we'll kind of head into the Q&A section. We do have a few questions to, that are available to ask. And I think many of them are coming in. They look like very similar to the discussion, but I think uh, more pointed to a specific point. So, uh, Elliot, this may be for you. It says, uh, EPM is about tracking people. But what differentiates the data for well-being versus just spying on people? Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think part, partly that starts with, with, with intent. And absolutely, um, if your intent is to spy, then um, we're not really thinking about well-being at all. Uh, but if, if I use the, the example uh, that I was using before in terms of how I use the data, um, the first thing I'm looking for with the team is, is quite a high level. It's the length of the, the working day. That's the first sort of um, key that um, will tell me whether or not uh, we are tipping over in, uh, in terms of well-being because I'm spending all my time at a machine, at a laptop, you know, throughout the day, then that, that could be a problem for me. Uh, but then I'd look a little bit um, lower than that. And okay, we, we know we might be stretching out the day and we might be doing that for really good reasons because in this hybrid environment, I'm, I'm in my home office today, there are other things that you might need to do that you wouldn't do if you were in the office. You know, you're know, you going to have um, you know, um, childcare um, you know, challenges or you might need to help with the homework, whatever it may be. So a long duration of login, final close down might not be a problem. So the next key question I'd be looking for is in that time, how much of it were you working and how much of it were you not working and I'm looking to see that you've got quite a lot of not working time in there um, and it, are you taking breaks it's that level of data now, now very purposely when we've um, pre-configured some well-being reports in our EPM tool we don't go down any further than that it's, it's really those sort of questions because it's for that intent we're using that that data yeah very good very good and, and Santos there's a couple of questions maybe we'll tie together we'll start with um uh, managers get all the reports from the EPM system uh, to provide coaching. Does the employee typically see their own data? Absolutely. I mean, we, we spoke about we spoke about this is employee productivity monitoring, and I'll go back to the point on the last point you 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 asked Elliot. <clears throat> you know, you said spying, surveillance. You're not looking for criminals here. You're looking you're focusing, you're looking for snippets of greatness, of goodness that can be rewarded and recognized. Now that starts with the employee having control of their own data because, you know, self-performance management typically is, tends to be subjective. When you add a level of objective objectivity to it, me as an employee, that's autonomy. That's a control over what I'm expected to do, what I'm delivering, and I'm able to see that in real time. So absolutely, yes, we start with the employee being able to see the data pretty much on click, on demand. Um, if you want further additional data to support what you're seeing, the manager can automate reports. Um, and then, you know, you, you put a collection of individuals together that can aggregate up to a team, to a department, to a function, to a business. But the fundamental part is it starts with the employee being able to see their own data, they're in control of it, and they make decisions from it. Yeah, and then so that ties into this other question that was asked that I think it says, you know, 
coaching seems like it, it's a must have. So, you know, what is what type of training should managers expect? Because especially if employees see the data as well, what, what kind of what is the training? What kind of experience would that be? Um, so two parts to it. You want to you want to invest in capability first and then you want to invest in mastery. And the way I look at this is the first bit of investing in capability is what we call enabling change. And out here, you're enabling managers and employees to interpret data, to contextualize data. Um, a manager or an employee is now just not looking at performance data. They're looking at employee behavior data. And our coaching has three parts. Very simply, setting standards and targets. How do you then manage and control performance? And once you've got control over that, how can you then improve and sustain performance? Now, that's the whole enabling change, investing in capability. Now, let's take this a step further. And we encourage our customers to also invest in it, which is about sustaining change, where you're investing in mastery. Um, we, and, and we do this by providing certification and accreditation, which is meant for the managers. Or to Elliot's point, if you want to take control of this, you want to put your arms around this, then we can also help create a center of excellence. Now, this we advise for enterprise implementations. So, and that sort of packages up really nicely, something that the, the customer can own, deliver, and in a sense, first enable and then sustain. Great, excellent, excellent. Uh, Elliot, I think this next question was for you because you had mentioned uh, you know, screen time and getting up and taking a break. What, what did you say? The, uh, sitting is the new smoking, I think, was your, your statement, yeah. which, which is right. Um, the, the question is, you know, part of the well-being means stepping away from the computer. How would this software be able to know if I actually went on a break or if I was just slacking off? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, so... You have uh, within the um, within the software the ability to categorise um, your uh, away time if, if you're not not at the uh, the application, uh, but it's, it's similar to the the, the the previous question about the uh, the, the the context and the intent of, of the data. Um, so again, what we would encourage people to look at is um, not starting from that point of view of what did you do with this this other time necessarily, uh, but I can see that you've had. Um, a productive day because you've had um, you know a, a more than a requirement required time of, of, of work in the office and the other the thing that we can see with, with the EPM tool is a count of completed work as well so we've got the ability to configure that uh, now it, it enables then um, a degree of flexibility which I think more and more is coming into the, the workplace so we've all, always uh, sort of all had a, a pretty torrid time uh, with with the pandemic, but I think one of the the, the good things that we might have um, learned out of that is that there is a place for flexible working, and as things settle down, we'll, we'll probably find that you know we, we're all in a slightly different uh, working pattern than, than we were pre uh, the pandemic, and allowing that that flexibility where needed, and the ability for me as an individual um, or my team to be able to give themselves the confidence to say that actually I've got all the work done. Uh, so if I need to have a little bit of, um, you know, personal time within the day, I've managed that and it, it's not a bad thing. So again, it comes down to that sort of context of uh, an intent of how we use the data. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Well, uh, so it looks like maybe time for one more question. Uh, Santosh, it looks like uh, the question was, how long does an implementation take? Because it seems like there's there's levels of complexity there. So. I was expecting someone to ask that question. And and Michael, let's face it, we all love complexity. 
um, if anything is a little too simple, it's too good to be true. Uh, ActiveOps is all about simplicity, and that's why, and I'm probably saying this for the second time, we're all about simplicity, and that's why our customers love us. What if I told you that we can get the technology up and running in less than one week? Now, you will have, or an enterprise will have great data in real time, ready to be consumed by employees, managers, the wider organization, transformation teams. And I'm talking data to do with time, work, and well-being, pretty much in the second week. We then, to Elliot's point, it's about active management. So we then complement this with coaching modules delivered in parts over the next few weeks, and we're done. Very good. That sounds, that sounds, while it is complex, or the results are, are amazing for a pretty simple way to get there, it looks like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, the, you know, it's like, it's like when we bake a cake at home, my wife goes, honey, it's got 50 steps. And I go, no, you can do it in three. <laughs> and she said, but the recipe for success is 50 steps. And I go, the recipe for simplicity is three steps. <laughs> and you, and were, were, you, were you right or wrong? Uh, well, she's not hearing me, so I was right. Sometimes you lose the battle to win the war, right? So. Yeah, you do. You do. That's right. Well, Elliot and Santos, thank you so much for being here. I, I think we, we do have a few more questions. I'll get those over to you, and we can respond to it through the through the LinkedIn event uh, screens. But thank you so much. Very insightful, very good use cases and stories about the success of it. And it is it does make a difference as we started out the conversation, starting doing this the right way makes a big difference to the overall team success as well. So um, thank you all for joining us on AOTV Live. Uh, we really appreciate it. Look forward to you joining us again on October 7th, which will be the next AOTV Live event. Uh, but before we log off, it's just a few reminders. One, uh, I believe our, our teammate Tori has put the playbook into the LinkedIn chat session, so you can download it directly from there. And if you don't find it there, you can go to activeops.com. We have plenty of playbooks, videos, blogs, et cetera, that you can find information about not only employee well-being, but active work, active management, uh, as well as um, our products, Control IQ and Work IQ. Speaking of Work IQ, if you would like to try it, we have a guided tour which you can take through through our software. It's a 30-day tour. Uh, you won't have somebody looking over your shoulder. You can do it at your pace and your time. It's a very insightful way to learn about the product and the capabilities and the reports, and we'd be happy to make that Try Me available to you. Just either find me on LinkedIn or go to our website again and fill out the form, and we'll get that to you. So once again, thank you so much for attending AOTV Live. We're very excited to have people join us on LinkedIn as well as YouTube. We look forward to the next time. Until then, be safe and take care. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Elliot. Thanks, guys.